Welcome to The Performer's Mind, a podcast for those who experience the struggles of needing to perform in any capacity of life. You won't believe what just happened to me. I legit just recorded this whole podcast and then went out to like stop it and something. Anyway, I deleted the whole thing. I literally just did this. Oh, (laughs) anyway, it's kind of fitting. I just figured, okay, this is the sort of thing I'm talking about. So rather than getting all super annoyed, oh, this is so hard. I'm just going to redo the whole podcast. (sighs) So, all right, whatever. It's in the past. Okay. Thanks for tuning in again. Oh, thanks for tuning in again. I'm up to podcast four or five, depending on how you look on this situation. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I just want to start off by thanking Dave for coming in last week, for being so honest and open about his experiences. He's such a good muso. He's so capable and he's gifted, you know. So to hear he still goes through the same things that I do is very encouraging. Remember, we're not alone in our struggles. So yeah, thank you, Dave. And if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, make sure you do. Today, I am changing the topic slightly, obviously still about the performer's mind, but today I'm going to be talking about preparation, preparation and practice. Yeah, this is chapter two in my book, and I am most definitely feeling the pressure of expectation with this book. So... (laughs) It's just a little book, you know, like it doesn't even really have a spine. That's how little this book is. It's meant to be compact. It's meant to be a quick summary of these podcasts. Anyway, stop putting pressure on me. (laughs) Or maybe it's me putting pressure on me. But anyway, still buy it. Like I still want you to get it. But just don't go thinking it's going to be this huge, epic, super whatever. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about it. Today... (laughs) Let's get thinking about preparation. We briefly touched on this last week with Dave. He mentioned how he feels more confident when he's prepared and he knows what he's doing. And I can completely relate to this. Naturally, I'm a planner. I'm organized. I'm a list writer. Oh, I'm a stationary lover. Some would say I'm a control freak. (laughs) I practice a lot. If I know I've got a gig coming up or, you know, that one special featured song, I will practice and I will practice and I will practice and get it as good as I can get it. I work really hard. I visualize on what I'd like to see happen. And I really hope everything goes to my plan. (laughs) I don't think I'm, you know, different in that. But yeah, I'm pretty much, yeah, a control freak. I, I admit it. So, I mention in the book how underrated I think practice is, especially nowadays or perhaps it's in the contemporary music scene I'm in. It's almost considered cool to, you know, don't do your warm-ups or I hardly practice. It's like it's a bit of a a cool thing or you're better. You're better if you don't even need to practice. I think that's rubbish. It's so important for everyone to practice. So please don't listen to this podcast and think I'm saying you can get away with not being prepared. Practice really does make perfect. Well, not perfect, but pretty close until something goes wrong. 
And this is where my life lesson came in. One thing I had to learn and I had to accept that as a performer, things will go wrong, you know. I'm not being negative. It's just the truth. We can't control everything about our performance. As in, you can't control the audience. So babies will cry. Phones will ring. People will sneeze loudly. (laughs) You can't control the other musicians on stage. So wrong notes can be played or fumbled. You can't control the sound guys, even though I think some performers are quite okay. So, you know, microphones might not be turned on or batteries will go flat. So on that note, you can't control technology, right? I especially can't control technology. My sister's way better at that stuff than me. But look at what just happened to me. I just deleted this whole podcast. And every week so far, there has been something technology related that has like stuffed this whole podcast thing up. But you know, these things happen. You're not even always completely in control of yourself. You can get sick. You can lose sleep or, you know, have a sleepless night. You can have a wardrobe malfunction or you could also sneeze. I've had to sneeze while singing. It's all very possible. So then what? What happens then? I've experienced myself and I've also watched other people go through this. This is the moment of the make or the moment of the break. Where does your head go? What does your mind do when you make a mistake or you're the victim of a mistake? Do you get caught in that moment? Do you start to mourn the performance while you're still in it? Do you freak out, feeling out of control? Do you run or cry? Do you freeze or do you adjust? I've had all kinds of responses. I really freeze because that's not really my style, but I've most definitely freaked and cried. I've beaten myself up bad inside my own head, but I'm learning to improvise and come up with some very random lyrics. (laughs) I've got a really good example of this. It's not about me, but I checked with my husband and he's cool for me to share it. So Dana, that's right, it's a girl's name, Dane, used to be extremely shy You wouldn't think it nowadays from the look of our Insta story, but (laughs) he was the guy who wouldn't answer his phone because he was worried he'd say something wrong. You know, the phone would ring, he'd freak out, he'd decline it because, you know, what if he didn't know the person well enough or whatever. He'd freak out when the waitress would take his order and ask him if he wanted veggies or wedges. He'd be the guy that'd be like, um, wedgies, (laughs) and then kick himself for stuffing it up. Or, okay, this is my favourite story. We're in a chicken shop (laughs) and the lady asked him, so do you want to pay for it now or do you want to pay for it when you pick up the food? And he just went, today. (laughs) It was gold. (laughs) So I was teaching Dane how to sing. For those of you who don't know him, he's a drummer, which is what he was studying when I met him. So, yeah, teaching him how to sing, very different to drums and we had this little duo gig in a pub on Friday night. It was him on percussion, me singing and playing guitar. And I'd been trying to encourage him to sing some of the songs during the gig. He wanted to do it, but he was just really petrified of it. I kept trying to tell him he'd be fine. Nothing would go wrong. <clears throat> so he finally agreed to give it a shot. The night was going really well. We had a big crowd. They were all dancing and singing along. 
And then, um, yeah, it was his turn to sing his first song in public. His choice was Hotel California by the Eagles. Well, it seemed to go okay. We started at the start, you know, on a dark desert highway. And then next minute, you can check out any time you like. You can never leave. That's right. For those of you who know the song, that was the first line of the song and the last line of the song. <laughs> For some reason, he just like had a complete brain fart and just, yeah. I, don't, I swear the lyrics were nearby, but anyway, he did not know what to do. He turned to me wide-eyed and was like, what do I do? What do I do? I just sort of laughed and replied, well, start again. <laughs> he did, and he got through it. He felt like crap about his first song in public, but he did it. And since then, he still does it. You know, he just keeps doing it and it gets easier and easier. To be honest, I don't even think the crowd noticed because they all came up to him afterwards full of compliments. Half the time, I think the audience just trusts that you know what you're doing. So if you do something confidently enough or whatever and commit to it, they think it's part of the show. As I mentioned, I've gone completely blank on lyrics. So just thought of any and every love cliche I could and then just chucked them in there in the most random order. And because I kept singing, people thought it was my interpretation. Honestly, they don't know. But they do know if you react or if you point it out. I actually prefer it sometimes when there are mistakes in live theatre or music gigs. We went to see a student perform and there was a wardrobe malfunction in the show Hairspray. So the guy playing Edna didn't have enough time to get into his costume for the next scene. So he came on the stage, well, not fully dressed, but definitely with a smile. He had all of his fake fat woman bits hanging out and he was hilarious continuing on with the scene, trying to cover up his pink bits. Oh, it was so good. And I'm really glad that mistake happened. Sometimes when things are perfect, it's just not as memorable or as fun. So now I view mistakes differently. I view them as an opportunity to have a funny cover-up or to create something memorable. People tend to relate to the performer when a mistake happens. They rally behind them and give them extra applause when they notice how well they work around a stuff-up. Mistakes can be highlights, so just go with the flow. Don't get stuck in the mistake. Don't then fumble from that point on. You can recover if you're cool about the mistake. To hope everything goes well is fine. To expect everything to go well is unrealistic. Don't be too stuck in your plans that you miss the moments or the opportunities to create. Improvisation is a great example of this. Listening, moving with the flow can be the most present exercise you can do. I notice the students who hate improvising are the ones who often have very busy minds whereas the ones who are really comfortable with improv have less fear of mistakes. They're more free, you know, to be vulnerable. They think less about it and they just do it. So on that note, I'm very excited to announce that my next podcast is another interview discussing this very issue with well-known creative vocal stylist and improviser Lisa Young. Or should I say Dr. Lisa Young? If you don't know Lisa's work, check out her website, lisayoungmusic.com. She's well known for her expertise in Conoco, which is South Indian vocal percussion. She's a founding member of the all-female vocal group Coco's Lunch, who are a big influence on me in my 
earlier years. We'll be discussing how to drown out that inner critic and allow yourself to create in the moment. So thanks for tuning in again to The Performer's Mind. I did it. Take two. Unfortunately, I don't have the dollars or the huge profile to spread the word about this podcast. So if you do find it helpful, please help me out by either reviewing it on iTunes. That stuff makes a difference to people discovering it. And um, yeah, share it with your friends and family or anyone you think could benefit. Have an excellent week. Do your preparation and practice, but then allow yourself to be flexible. Go with the flow. Don't stew on the mistakes. Forgive yourself. Tune in next week. Subscribe. Review. Share. And keep in touch. touch.